Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen in our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We are made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community. Enjoy that. Well, hopefully you're circled up with your family and or friends or or you're there alone, but you're not alone because you're in fellowship with a lot of other folks here online. Let's get give us a second here to kind of get set up. We'll try to do a better job with our social distancing, huh? Yeah, good one. Six <laughs> feet. This is Brian Matthew. Brian heads up our children and parenting here at the church, as well as a lot of our technology, along with Chris Henderson back there. We've got Will back there, um, all taking care of us with our technology this morning. Um, Brian, any... Any give, talk to us about how people can participate yeah, this morning. In absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of technology, um, we would like participation for this. Any prayer requests, any testimonies, any comments, questions, anything you have, uh, we're getting a live text thread. Um, so if you send a text to 970-717-0087, uh, we'll see that. You can make it anonymous. You can tell us you want us to pray for you by name, whatever you would like. Um, but anything, any questions, comments, go ahead and send a text to that number, and uh, we'll see you on stage. Fantastic. Do we have anything to just begin with? Any prayer requests or any yes. thoughts or any uh, testimony before we dive in? Definitely. Um, Des in Florida right now is watching, and uh, he said he's going through some tough times with him and his family, as are probably many people, but just would love to lift him up in prayer and yeah. uh, to get through those times. Absolutely. Des is his name? Des, yes. Okay. Man, join me. Let's just uh, pray for our time in the Word. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning that, Lord, with the technology, Lord, we can still um, gather together just online, Father, and lift up your name and, and hear from each other, Lord, and hear from your Word. We want to lift up Des right now. In the name of Jesus, pray, Lord, Father, for your peace upon he, his family, God, their resources. Lord, let him know that you are an ever-present help in time of need. And Father, I pray that you would just bring your hand of blessing and meet his needs and his family needs, Lord, here today, as well as anyone else watching this, Lord, Father, to draw us close to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, wonderful. Good morning. Uh, I hope you're circled up, as I said, in your living room, in your PJs, whatever, 8.30 service, we'll call it our PJ service, but maybe some of you are still in your PJs, which is fine. Um, but That's use, called social distancing now. You yeah. just oh, yeah. sit, uh, sit lounge around your house for yeah. 14 days in your yeah, PJs. For, yeah, exactly. Um, but hopefully you're gathered. I hope you have your word. I hope you have your Bible and your journal. And uh, we'll just come join us as we uh, continue in our series in the book of Jonah, talking about trusting God. We are still in the belly of the fish with Jonah, and this morning I want to talk about isolation. We talked about isolation and the love of God last week. This morning I want to dive in, go a little deeper on this issue, and talk about isolation in Jesus, and uh, really uh, look at that this morning. But before we dive into that, I've got two things for us I want us to think about, just two true statements that we're going to keep kind of coming back to during this time. The first one is this, it's crazy times, but we have an awesome Savior, right? 
It's crazy times we're in, but we have an amazing Savior. And that needs to be our perspective in this time, as always, that we get overwhelmed with media and information and everything else and the, and the what happens next type of things. Boy, let's just encourage each other to continue to set our eyes on Jesus, right? The author, the perfecter of our faith, that's Hebrews 12. Set our eyes on him during these times. They are crazy, but we have an amazing Savior and we can rest in him. And the scripture says that where he's in, we're in his hands and we can trust him. The other statement is the building is closed here, but church is open. And uh, this is, I think, that God is doing both of these things in this um, time, in this time of isolation, this time of crisis. He's doing two things, I believe. First and foremost is that God is using, as he always uses calamity, always uses uh, tough times in, in the history of the world and in our personal lives to draw for us to draw near to him. That is his main priority, is that we would awaken and that we would come to him. If we know him, that we would get right with him, that we'd be awakened and, uh, and with fresh new heart to come and lean into him. As such, as prodigals come home to him. And the other priority he has is that there'd be those out there who've been living on their own and they don't know Jesus, they don't know God, and that their hearts are awakened and they come and they turn to God during these times. The other thing that God is doing in this time, I believe with all my heart, I know because he's done it throughout history, is in tough times, God is always using those times to strengthen his church. It was Tertullian many, many thousand, a couple, over 2,000 years ago that said that the, uh, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. In other words, in tough times, in really tough times, is when the church is actually strengthened. And God is about, he wants a strong church. He wants a strong family. And uh, oftentimes, there are just lessons we cannot learn unless we, our faith is pressured, unless we're really uh, challenged in those areas. And, and this is the other thing that God is doing in this time. Is he's, he's waking his church up. He's asking his church to really wrestle with what is church about. It's not about buildings. not about programs. It's not about a structure of denominations. It's about being a family of God. And uh, I hope during this time that, that you've even, a little over a week into this, that you've started to feel a little... Uh, a little longing, a little missing of gathering with, uh, with the body. You're at home with your family. This is kind of cool maybe right now and fun, but the bigger issue is in all of us, we should, if we know Jesus, there should be this growing longing to be with one another, to be with the body of Christ because it's a command of God. In Hebrews 10, he tells us not to forsake gathering together, uh, to strengthen and encourage and spur one another on to love and good deeds. And uh, we have the joy of technology, but... In these times, I think, we often do not understand the blessing that we have until it's actually taken away from us. And so I believe God's doing these two things, and I want to speak into those two things and let Jonah speak to us uh, in the Word of God this morning. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1, and Brian, just interrupt me if anything comes in or you've got questions. Got something? Okay, we're ready to roll here. Jonah um, chapter 1, the same verses we're in last week, I want to read them again. Um, we're still in the belly of the fish. And then I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 12, which is one of the main areas in the New Testament where Jonah is actually mentioned again. Jesus refers to him. It's a very critical passage for us to understand um, the work of God. So here we are. Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 17. Then we'll go into chapter 2. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now just a little 
background for those of you who are just joining us. Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. He prophesied to Israel, an ancient Israel, and he was a prophet of God, so God spoke to him very clearly and gave him words to speak to the people Israel. And God came in the first part of this chapter to Jonah and, and gave Jonah a message to go to Nineveh and to share with them um, uh, that they should turn to God. But Jonah uh, disobeyed that, and it, Scripture says that he quickly tried to flee, tried to run from God. We talked several weeks about running from God. It's something we all struggle with. And he uh, tried to run away from the presence of God because his heart could not get around God's vast love, that it went beyond the borders of Israel, even to the Ninevites, who are arch enemies of uh, the Jewish people. So he ran, and God was after his prophet. He rented a boat. He was on his way to Tarshish as far away as he could get from the presence of God, at least he thought. And he was having it out with God, but God was uh, after him. And we're going to get more deeply into that as we journey through with Jonah in his own heart in this. But uh, God throws a storm on the boat, and in the midst of that storm, Jonah gets thrown overboard. The sea's calmed, and God appoints a great fish now to take Jonah even to a deeper isolation, even to a deeper place where he has to wrestle with his heart in God. Uh, of course, in the midst of all that calamity of the storm, God is always working good, and, and all the sailors on this ship come to salvation. They see God's hand in this, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a crisis like we're in right now, is they turn to God. They saw God, and they gave their lives to Him, which is a, a beautiful piece of this, as we're going to see. It carries on with the Ninevites as well. But um, this is where we pick up, and Jonah's now in the belly of the fish, moving into chapter 2 of Jonah. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas." And the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. And then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We're going to break that down a little bit this morning. But turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 38. And Jesus, this is, he's having it out with the Pharisees. This is getting real close to him going to the cross before he was arrested. And he's in the temple area and he's, he's having a discussion with the, the Pharisees and scribes are challenging him. Verse 38 says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But Jesus answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days, three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So 
amazing that Jesus refers back to this, uh, to the book of Jonah, to the prophet Jonah in his story, into his, his experience of God taking Jonah into the belly of the fish to prepare his heart, to get him back on track with the mission that he called him to. And Jesus says, it relates to that, the only sign that he's going to give would be his own, the Son of Man would be three days, three nights. And we know that uh, that's between Friday the cross and Sunday his resurrection where he took the sins of the world, right? He made a way for us that we might not be in isolation from God, but be in fellowship with God. And so I have two questions that I want us just this morning in light of these, the Word of God to uh, really wrestle with this morning when it comes to isolation and, uh, and, and Jesus. The first one is this. And I think they have it up on the screen for you there. Um, <clears throat> are we looking to God to deliver us from isolation in the belly of the fish before we've looked to Jesus to deliver us from isolation with God? So in other words, are, are we looking first and foremost just to get out of our situation, just to get out of this current coronavirus situation, or for that matter, any uh, trial or wilderness that we're, we're brought into, is our first thing is to get out of us. I think all of our natural tendency is let's get out, let's get out. But um, what I want to draw our attention to this morning is that God is a greater commitment. In the midst of trials, in the midst of calamities and things going on in the world, God's primary commitment is the heart of people. And whether we are going to continue to go our own way away from Him or whether we're going to turn back to Him or maybe to Him for the very first time and, uh, and get our heart right with God and really take seriously who Jesus is. Um, I, I think that, again, as I said, I th when, when tough times come, we, we all just want a quick solution uh, to what's going on in our life. But, but the important thing I, I want us to all focus on right here is, is the real big question is, where am I at with Jesus? Ultimately, we're to get, as we talk to people, as followers of Jesus, is all of our conversation, we need to meet people where they're at and, and their needs and what they're struggling with, but ultimately, we've got to get down to the core in our own lives, especially first, but with others as well, right down to the very most important baseline issue. And in this time, dealing with this coronavirus issue, really the most important question that we can all uh, wrestle with is, who's Jesus? Right? Ultimately, who am I trusting in? Am I right with God? Have I taken seriously Jesus' claims? And do I know I have life in Him? Have I made a decision for Him or not? Um, who am I trusting in during this time? That is God's priority in this, ultimately. And just like Jonah, is we're going to see God tracking with Jonah right through this because he's after his heart. He's after real transformation. It's not so important right, to get out of the, uh, the belly of the fish, but I think in all of our experience, that's where a lot of us are at is I just want to be spit out. Let me out of this, this problem. Let me get about my business. But until we get right with God, until our hearts have really done the work of, Lord, where am I at with you? We're not ready to leave uh, right, the, the situation. And for Jonah, if he hadn't done some work, if he hadn't come to that repentance that we just read about, he would not be ready to move on and get back on the plan, the purpose that God had for him. He'd just get out and be about his same old business um, that he had before. So I, I, I want to speak clearly this morning to anyone out there, um, boy, uh, that hasn't really made a decision for Jesus is this, I believe, is what God is restoring to his church, the gospel 
the fullness of it, the importance of it in this day and age where, boy, have we really made a decision for Christ? We know in America there are many who would say that they're followers of Jesus, that they're Christians, but their life is, is kind of like Jonah's, that they're kind of running, and we've all, we're all susceptible to this in, in different times in our life, but we've really uh, not taken seriously his claims. And, and so I just ask you this morning, have you made a decision for Christ? Uh, have you taken the time? Are you willing to go and really get to that place with God and, and really wrestle with, man, Jesus claims. Now, here's the reality. Here's the beautiful aspect of this. I mentioned this earlier, but Jesus says that, uh, in, in I think that his exchange with the religious leaders here is that uh, it's very similar to, to, I think, what we ask of God, is that they said, give us a sign, Jesus. Help us understand, really, prove who you are, and give us an explanation, intellectual explanation, so we can explain why you're doing all these miracles and why are all these people following you and everything, is that we want a why question, and we want some, some uh, uh, answers to our circumstances rather than to deal. What Jesus kept calling the people to was, was to make a decision about him. Who was he? rather than all these exterior questions. And Jesus said, the only sign I'm going to give you, and this is what he would say to all of us this morning, is the sign of Jonah, is taking seriously his cross and his resurrection. In the three days that he was in the, the earth, right, where he uh, took on, here's the deal, is that on that cross, Jesus, when he died, is that he took on us all of the sins of the world. He paid the price so that we might no longer be in isolation from God, is that we might be uh, brought into fellowship, saved and restored into fellowship with him. And uh, Jesus was trying to point this out, right, to, to these guys, take seriously what I've done for you. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you life, I'll give you salvation in this. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone was asking after making a decision for Christ, what does it look like to be in fellowship with God? What is that, you know, m moving out of isolation? What does it look like to be in that fellowship with Jesus? Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think we, we have to answer that question. I, if I'm not, if, if we're not secure, right, in, in, in who we are in Christ, then uh, I'm going to go through storms and, and trials like this, and, uh, and I'm going to be just focused on getting out of the experience and not focused on getting my heart right with God. And so if I have made a decision for Christ, what does fellowship look like? Uh, and, and I think this is what God is doing. He's restoring his children, all of us, right? Calling us, wooing us back in these times, back to his back to his heart. Fellowship with God. Um, I shared this the first service. Uh, uh, A.W. Tozier is one of my favorites, and he, he uses this beautiful language that we, we need in our lives to come alive, to have fellowship with God. We, we need some fuel. We need to build fuel, and the fuel is time in his word. The fuel is, is seeking God. And if God has saved us, and this is really important, if, if the Spirit of God has redeemed me and saved me, I am naturally going to have a hunger for the word of God. If I don't have a hunger for the word of God, I need to ask some real serious questions whether or not I have really pursued Jesus and, and, and salvation in his name. And that hunger for God is going to be going, and in times like this, just filling up my soul with his word and his promises. And, and Tozer goes on to say, we can't just have the fuel, is that we need the fire, because the fire sets the fuel ablaze and brings this encounter with God and, and, and its word and its spirit, is that we need both to be in fellowship with God. So it's not just the in 
intellect. It's not just knowing about God and knowing his word. It is having the spirit of God. It's making it real and, and bringing that fire, right, to, to the word of God to awaken my heart, to walk in fellowship with God. Fellowship with God is, is one of a desire. It starts with my affections of wanting his word, wanting to be with his people, wanting to obey him. And, and no one can muster that up. We, we just can't. That's religion. I, we can't do it on our own. We need the fire of God. We need the spirit of God. And so I'm constantly, as followers, fellowship is, uh, I'm building fuel. God, fill me up with your truth. And I'm also pleading, Lord, put some fire on this. Bring your spirit alive inside me, inside my church. So um, that'd be a quick answer in the sense of, I think, of, of moving to fellowship. But boy, I think we, we need both of those, right? Sometimes we lean one to the other. We need both of those, right, to continue in, in our, our fellowship. The other person I'd speak to is Jonah is, is the prime example in here of what we'll call an unbelieving believer. He's a believer. He knows all the right things. He's a prophet of God for Pete's sakes. And God has him on mission, but he is rejecting God in certain areas. He's, he's closing off his heart to God in certain areas. And this is really, I believe, one of the other huge things that God is doing in this time with the American Christian is, is calling um, unbelieving believers back to him. In other words, so much of the American church and each of us struggle with this in different areas is we're following God but there's certain areas of our life that we're not submitting to him whether it's his word or church or whatever it is and we've, we've gone off and towards Tarshish like God in our own agenda and we've missed the vibrant walk right with God in this process. So I believe that God is, is calling right back right to him. His children, both of these for people freshly to step into this relationship with him and uh, those of us who've wandered, right, to restore, to come back to him and to get right with Jesus. That's the priority uh, in this time of isolation. Let's, let's, let's not focus on the, the isolation, getting out of the belly of the fish. Let's focus what God wants us to start with is, boy, Am I right with God? Is my heart right with him? Do I know Jesus as my Savior and Lord? And am, am, am I restored back to that place? Or do I need to, to have a time of repentance, a time of humbling, a time of, of Lord, bring me back. Let me come back and restore to me that, that hunger, right, and that, uh, that desire. I remember David, right, his restoration after running from God. What, right, was his beautiful prayer in Psalm 51, create in me, God, a clean heart, God. Restore in me right, the presence of the fire of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I believe that's what God's doing, right, in this, in this time. Any other things you got there? It was just a quick comment. Someone said, uh, if we're not willing to be with God in the belly of the fish, why would we want to be with him outside the belly of the fish as well? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great comment. That's exactly right is that uh, all through the scripture, right, it's very clear that God, as Jesus, promises us, right, if we're going to follow him, we will experience persecution, we will experience tribulation. He calls us to suffer with him and um, to pick up our cross, right, and follow him. Uh, and, and that's not just in our own places of desert and trial, but he calls us to journey with others in those valleys, right, of, of death and to walk with others and encourage others in this as, as well. So absolutely is, uh, it, the only way my faith can, uh, can really be known as true is if it's tested, if my faith is tested and it takes a belly of the fish experience to test my faith, to test all of our faith, to see where is our heart, are we really trusting in God? And uh, am I willing to let God expose my heart? Like David prayed in Psalm 139, Lord, search me, right? Search me and know me, search my heart. 
And, uh, and, and show me the, the hidden sins, even things that need to be corrected here. That is the heartbeat of a follower of Christ and what it means to continue, right, in, in fellowship with him. So what I'd like to, to do now is uh, I, I want us to, to pray for two things here before I go on to one last thing that, this morning in this text. But I, I really would like to invite, if, if you guys would, wouldn't mind coming up, um, we have Trinity and Tracy Terry here from our ministry team, but I've asked them to just pray specifically for anybody out there uh, this morning. And, and you're sitting there, you're watching, and, and you're, just, you're just not sure if you know Jesus. You, you maybe grew up in the church. You know all the right things, but, but something inside you this morning, just, you're just not sure that he's your Savior, that he's your Lord. And, and I would just, uh, I'm going to ask both Trinity and Tracy here just to pray, just to, to look, maybe share a little testimony if y'all want and, and to, uh, uh, to pray. And if you would just uh, join them in, in praying this prayer uh, this morning, uh, we want to may offer this. This is the good news. It's the free gift of God uh, through Jesus Christ. Cool. All right, something uh, Steve says here at the beginning is God uses troubled times to draw people to himself. And that is so true in my life. Um, it's, it's not like God's up there just like ready to pounce on, him, on your emotions. That's not who he is. But he will use times like this to draw you to him. Um, for me, it was June 7th of 1996. And, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Up until that point, um, I never had a thought for God, towards God. Um, I was living my life doing what I wanted to do, and I found myself facing death in the face, face to face with death. And at that point, I became fearful for the first time, I think, in my, my life that I can remember. And I just cried out to him. Um, and my prayer was verbatim. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It said, God, if you're real, Please come and save my life. I don't want to die not knowing you because if Jesus is real, or if God is real, I know Jesus has something to do with it. Um, please spare me in Jesus' name. And I stood up, and I began to shout, Hallelujah, praise God. And again, I've never been in church a day in my life, so my buddy who's with me, he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but I know now that that was the time, the moment that the Holy Spirit came and, and, and um, sealed me. Yeah. And God hadn't promised a life of comfort or ease because my life has been far from that. But from that point forward, man, he's been there. He's, he's been an anchor. And I just encourage you, if you're watching, if you're in that spot where, you know, you're maybe asking, is God real? Maybe you're facing some fears. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, if you call to him, he will answer. Amen. If you call to him, he will answer. And so I want to pray with you um, this morning just for that, that uh, he would reveal himself to you. Father, I just, I remember um, when I called on your name, I didn't know anything about you, but the name of Jesus is so powerful. Yeah. And when I called on your name, Lord, you saved my, not just my life, but you saved me, all of me, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for the, the plan and the purpose that you have for me. And Lord, you continue to show yourself faithful. 
And I pray for those who are watching or listening, Lord, that if they're in that spot that I was 20-some years ago, crying out to you, that you would reveal yourself. In the name of Jesus. And I want to share one more. Um, the next day, after I gave my life to the Lord, I, I was in, in the bathroom of, of a hospital, and they had a, a scripture on the wall. It's Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. Um, Actually, I don't need to open my Bible. I know it because it's the first one I ever memorized. It says, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Um, so, yeah, call out. He is, he is near. That's awesome, man. Amen. Hey, thanks for sharing. That is wonderful. Thank you, guys. Well, I, I, I hope one of two things. One that you, your heart absolutely resonates when he tells his testimony of the Spirit of God coming in and, and awakening him, right? Changing him, genuinely saving him. I, I hope you're out there and that you resonate. You remember when that happened for you. And I believe what God is doing also in this time, he's restoring the testimony, the sharing of the good news of Christ, of what God has done in our lives, right? Um, but the other thing I hope is if you're out there and you, 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 you couldn't relate to that, uh, uh, but that, that, that you this morning prayed, that you desire that. You prayed with, with Trini and Tracy when he prayed that prayer. And I just ask you, either, either way, is that uh, you'd let us know. Text us in here. We're, we're available all week. If you want to pray with someone, talk with somebody more about what it is to follow Jesus, how, what it, look, how you get saved, how you do this. And, and, and you prayed the prayer with Trini. We'd love to follow up with you. We'd love to talk to you and start a journey of discipleship with you. Uh, so um, please text us, call here at the church, email us, whatever it is. We'd love to, to continue that. So anything on your end? Yeah, uh, we had one uh, come in just now from James in California. And he just said uh, he's worried about his 70-year-old brother, um, bad asthma, weak lungs, and it's kind of all but walked away from Christ. And um, was just, you know, one prayer over that, but also, you know, if there's any practical ways to, in this time, you know, speak that for him, for his brother. Absolutely. What, you, brother, you, you lift him up for us yeah. right now. Anybody else, uh, maybe just pray for our elderly. Just yeah. protection over our, our most, our, and not just elderly, but all of those who are most susceptible, mm -hmm. right, with different health issues during this time. Yeah, would be great. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we know that you are a big, big God, bigger than any disease, any scenario or situation. Lord, I, we pray uh, for those who are um, elderly or, or immune compromised or anyone who is more susceptible to this, uh, this virus, Lord, we pray your um, divine protection over them. Heavenly Father, we, we ask that um, if there's anyone who's uh, feeling any effects, Lord, that you would be able to even remove any virus from their bodies, God. May this be a, a time of, t of testimonies, uh, of protection over your children. Lord, people who uh, are desperately looking for truth, they'd be running back to you. Yeah. Lord, I pray that you or your arms would be wide open uh, as a safety, as a comfort for those who are struggling or in need. Lord, I just pray your hand of protection over them right now. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Amen. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Brian, would you come up? I, I also just want us to, to just take a moment. I've asked Brian, one of our elders here, to come and just share and pray for this, this other aspect of not just a, a person who's, who's uh, 
stepping in for the first time into a relationship with Jesus, but I think for all of us who've walked with him, but we, we just are, are consumed with we're trying to get a fix on this situation, just consumed with how to get out of the belly rather than really being at peace and trusting the Lord to speak to us and do the work that he needs to do in our hearts to, to, uh, to have us return to him, right, in an intimate uh, way. So and share what's on your heart. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, well, I tell you, I, I shared in the first service, um, I shared with Steve this morning as I was praying this morning, um, well, this, this message is really convicting to me and, and, and just hits right at home with me, you know, as I was praying this morning, just asking the Lord, just seeking the Lord and um, asking, like, Lord, what's going on? How, what do I need to do? Um, you know, what what do we need to do as a church? And um, the Lord just revealed to me very quickly, um, you know, you, you're always just seeking me for, for answers and seeking to fix things and fix what's going on in the world rather than seeking me. And it was it was such a subtle but but profound and instantaneous moment of uh, revelation for me to say, man, God wants my heart. He wants me more than he wants to just fix things, and and he doesn't want me to treat him as hey, just come to me when you want things fixed, you know. And so it was it was really eye opening for me and and a, and a humble uh, a, a moment of humility really to go to him. And um, I just want to read this scripture in Second Chronicles seven, which has been kind of something I've been camping out in this week in, in, in verse 14. And it says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Wow, that was, that was powerful. And um so, you know, I think for all of us, the tendency to want to fix things is, is inherently in all of us, right? We want to be problem solvers and fix things and see things going well, and even in our lives and others and in the church and in our nation and land. But the Lord says, if we'll come to me, humble themselves and, and seek my face, my presence, and, and his promises, I will heal their land, right? Um, and another one in, in Psalm 91 one says, those who live in the shelter, you know, I just highlighted that word "live." It's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, a moment or a season of seeking God, but a, but a, but a lifetime, you know. And and it's a live in the shelter, His presence, of the Most High will find rest, salvation, and healing, um, in the shadow. Again, the presence of the Almighty. And um, man, those things just really resonate with me. And I just, I just wanted to, man, just humbly. You know, just just share that this morning and say, Lord, we need you. And I want to pray that for us now, um, that this would be a time when we recognize uh, the, the desire that God has for us to be with him. And, you know, we have this desire to want to fix things, but God is, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we got to say, hey, there's something greater I want to show you, and that's me. That's my presence and my heart and my love for you. And, and, and it's a loving God that would do that, to turn us that way, right? And so, Lord... I just pray that this morning, um, Lord, especially for those who, who claim your name, uh, Lord, your word says, if those who, who claim my name, Lord, you're talking about the body of Christ and those who claim your name, Jesus, um, uh, claim to be your followers, Lord, I, I pray that those who claim your name, uh, Lord, that we would be awakened to this, Lord, that you would reveal this in our hearts, bring fresh revelation to us, God, your great desire to be with us, and Lord, that we would be a responsive um, to that, Lord, and, and turn uh, turn to you, God. Seek your face, Lord. Seek to know you um, 
above all else, Lord God. And, and Lord, the, the, the amazing things that flow from that, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, pour that out upon your, your church, upon the body, uh, Lord. And those who um, have claimed your name, Lord, but maybe have never experienced that, uh, Lord, maybe you're not walking in that or, or seeking that, but seeking to be fixed or, or to fix things or fix the current situation, Lord. Just to illuminate that in our hearts, God. Just You're so faithful right there and steadfast to, to change things in an instant in our life. And, 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 and Lord, in terms of our connection and relationship with you, Lord. And, Lord, just uh, I pray you pour out that love to us this morning. And, um, Lord, let this be a, a newness in our, in our life, a new direction uh, for the church, for, for your body, Lord God, uh, to seek you and seek your face and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, bro. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, just, it, Brian, as you're speaking there, I think for me, I have, boy, at least three pages of, of journal notes in, in my journal already of, of things where, man, the Lord has just convicted me on, is speaking to me clearly about areas of correction, areas of conviction that I need to come back right to Him, that just blind areas in, in my life. And, um, Boy, I, I just encourage us. Let's take this time. Again, this is God's priority, is getting our hearts right with Him. Then uh, it's time to get spit out, right, and back about what God has is, is called us to do. Last uh, thing I want us to uh, look at this morning in connection with this scripture is the connection between this, this awakening of realizing, boy, you know, what Jesus has done for us in, in, in removing this isolation, right, between us and God, what he's done on the cross to, to renew this relationship, that there's a direct connection between that and our value of Christian fellowship and awakening. As I said earlier, I believe this is one of the other things that, uh, that God, well, not I believe, but we see throughout history, this is what God is about, is restoring the fellowship of his people. Healthy church, right? When we gather together, understanding a priority of the importance, it's a command to not forsake gathering right together. And as I said earlier, when that's taken away from us, like now, is it, we, our heart should be, again, realizing we don't value something until we've lost it sometimes is this incredible blessing of community christian fellowship uh, is restored and so uh, up on the screen just this last um statement here oh let me get to it here there we go um that uh are we looking to god to provide community for us before we have looked to jesus to deliver us from isolation with god so, uh, again, our, our very activity of, of coming to God and, and understanding community in these times is really being addressed and, and renewed uh, and uncovered and a rest, restoring of a healthy understanding of what community uh, is, is all about. So, uh, I uh, want to commend uh, to everyone a, a book during this time. Uh, again, I'd read anything by A.W. Tozier. He's one of my favorites. If you haven't read Pursuit of God, it's a classic. I'd, I'd encourage you to do it during this time. But another one I want to commend, and I'm going to start this week, starting tomorrow with our Daily Faith Builder, is giving a kind of going through just different pieces of this book called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's a classic. It's a skinny little book. Just encourage you to, uh, to go pick it up. 
this week I was just in my office and, and it, it, my, I have a bookshelf on one wall and it's not very organized. But for some reason, God, I was just kind of looking over and, and this little skinny book caught my eye and I went and got it. And um, it, it's amazing how God works sometimes, but I started reading it and it, it couldn't be any more perfect for this time that we're in right now. Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a pastor uh, in Germany under Hitler's regime and um, we'll talk this week about just his story, but the bottom line was, is that during the, his time of, of isolation, he was thrown in concentration camp. He was actually hung eventually, but God restored, showed him when he was put in prison or thing, really showed him with fresh eyes to look at the value and the blessing of life together, a fellowship of when the church is gathered. And yeah, I just want to read a couple of things this morning for us on this, but I love it. He exhorts the church uh, in the midst of this, uh, of his book with this good news and I, I hope we can all hear this again he exhorts us and he says let him let us thank God on our knees and let us declare it is grace nothing but grace that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brothers and sisters it is a glorious glorious gift um, when he redeems us, when we understand, when we become right with God and Jesus and he saves us, we also connect, he brings us into his family, the church. And there should be this awakening inside us to see the priority of that, the joy in that. That's where we grow and uh, we understand what true community is all about. But Bonhoeffer, as he looked at this, he addressed some of the problems in the church. It's nothing new under the sun. So let me just read this for us. He makes this comment. This is so important for us to, to understand. He says, many people seek fellowship because they are afraid to be alone. Because they cannot stand loneliness, they are driven to seek the company of other people. And he goes on, he says, the person who comes into a fellowship because he's running away from himself, is like Jonah, um, is misusing it for the sake of diversion. No matter how spiritual this diversion may appear, he is really not seeking community at all, but only distraction, which will allow him to forget his loneliness for a brief time. The very, very alienation that creates this deadly isolation of man. So what Bonhoeffer is tagging here is exactly what we've been talking about this morning. Until we first get our hearts right with Jesus is that we're lonely. And loneliness is a universal human experience, being alone. And the very experience of being alone should, it is there to ultimately awaken us to seek God, is to, to run after God. Because again, what do we normally do is we go out and we try to be with other people. We try to begin to, uh, to fill that void. And when people come to church, oftentimes they want to fix the loneliness when the real issue ultimately is the church or other people are not going to ultimately, they're going to be great disappointment ultimately because only God right, can ultimately, through Jesus, right, fix that loneliness. And so that, that's what I would just want to encourage us all with here this morning is the priority of God is twofold. One is that we would, in times of trial, uh, get right with Him. Where are we at with Jesus? That's the ultimate, ultimate question. Not the exterior problems and issues going on, though there's a time for that. And secondly is is once I'm right with him, is, is dealing with this issue of aloneness, loneliness, is have I addressed that with Jesus first and how he solves that issue. He is the Emmanuel, God with us. He desires to be with us more than we with him. And uh, is this issue of, of, boy, where am I with the fellowship of believers? Am I coming in and trying to get the community to do things for me that God, only God can do? Um, 
and this is the, what God is doing, restoring both uh, us individually into fellowship with Him and also the restoration of a healthy understanding of His church as being a community of people who love and serve each other this morning. So, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, uh, testimony from Mike and Kathy Taylor. They just yeah. said, um, you know, on the note that seeking community isn't from uh, replacing seeking God's you know, relationship, um, but it's a celebration of God's relationship in their lives and with the lives of their community group. Um, so they've actually found um, success in meeting over Zoom or FaceTime or things like that and, uh, and sharing and praising uh, in God's glories in, in this time, uh, but only after, like you said, yeah. after that getting right with God. Fantastic. No, that's, that's great. And, and folks, please send us uh, any, anything that's worked for you, anything that's been beneficial out there in your times with your family. We've started fireside chats every night uh, for the most part in our house, just getting around and having a time to pray as a family and just talk uh, about God's word, his promises, and any questions that people have. Uh, Bryant shared with me a great idea. You know, he's finding with his sons that they're on the internet. They're learning to, uh, I think it was draw or something, learning, you know, using, uh, learning new skills and, and things. So there's all kinds of creative, great things that we can do during this time as well. And if you have some things that have been beneficial, right send those into us which would be great yeah yeah that and just saying that text number 970-717-0087 that's open uh, all week long so if you have any prayer requests any comments questions any testimonies uh, go ahead and send that and we would you know, do our best to address them every sunday uh, if not respond to them during the week as well Right. Yeah, and please, just if there's ways that we can meet the needs of the community and each other, we need to talk about this as this time goes on as well. So please engage us on that. If you need help with how to bring your small group together using Zoom or this other technology, we're here throughout the week to uh, help you with all that. Um, would love that. So let me just conclude with, uh, with those two statements we begin with. Uh, that I think is so important. One is that uh, church is open. It's just the building, right, that's closed. But uh, church is open. It's about God's people, not his building or program. Secondly, uh, this is a crazy crisis that we're in, but we have an amazing Savior. Let's encourage each other uh, with that and his goodness, right, during these times and lean into him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Encourage us, Lord. Father, we ask, Lord, that we would build that fuel. Lord, putting your truth on our hearts. Lord, we ask that you send your spirit to bring the fire, Lord, and to bring it alive inside our hearts And uh, this morning. Uh, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you'd bless everyone who's tuned in here online. Lord, as a larger community here, God, um, to bring out your grace, your mercy, your peace in these times. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.